Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and this, as always, is my faithful co-host, Jason. Hello. Today, we are jumping right into The Dark Knight, our Dark Knight review. Uh, Christian Bell, Morgan Freeman, Heath Ledger, you know the one. Christopher Nolan's uh, It made $1.008 billion worldwide. If you don't know the, which one we're talking about, God help you. God help you. Or Constantine at the very least. Yeah. Sorry, we're very excited about John Constantine coming back on Arrow, so we're probably going to keep mentioning Constantine for no damn reason. I'm going to try not to. I'm going to make a conscious effort to, <laughs> to go Constantine-free for at least another hour, hour and a half. I'm going to make a conscious effort. All right. That's, that's, that might be fair. Yeah. All right, so... I'll try. I can only promise that. Right out of the gate, I'm a little concerned because after we get like a million freaking things showing like uh, production houses and stuff showing up on why is this movie starting, mm-hmm. we just see a blue burning bat and then into the film. I don't intend to destroy this movie. I don't know if it can be fully destroyed. The thing has like a 96% rating on RT. Yeah, uh, I I don't agree with that rating. I'm sure you don't, but... And I'll say this outright before I start talking about the movie. I'm going to try to do two things. One, I'm going to try to defend it from uh, from you. Right. Because someone has to. And mm-hmm. um, two, I'm going to be doing my own damage probably. But all right. of it all of it will be in the context that I did really love this movie. I honestly, I own about 7 DVDs. I don't right, even know do. I don't even know what what they are. I basically own Iron Man, The Dark Knight, right, you do. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And the Avengers. You have that on Blu-ray. I do have the Avengers. But the point is, unless you're Edgar Wright, who who has an exemption, um, it takes a lot for me to actually go out and buy your DVD. I I will support the crap out of you by watching at the the appropriate times. I'll be there. I'll have my ass in a seat on the opening weekend. But the DVD sales, I'm not helping with. Um, This one made it to my shelf, man. Yeah, and you may have been wrong. I was not completely wrong. No, trust me. There's, there's problems <laughs> because it is a movie, and it is a it's a it's a movie based on a comic book, and those are hard things to get flawlessly done correctly. But damn, they got they did a good job. Now I'm going to proceed to tell them what they did a bad job with. Yeah. So this opening heist, man. I mean, it's a lot to take in. I I couldn't help but wonder. Like it all seemed cool on the onset, but now I couldn't it, help but if you watch this film when it was this film was released in IMAX. The first one to actually try to do it um, as mm-hmm. a feature film, and uh, God help. I've never I never watched it in IMAX, but Me you, say, you say a lot to take in as a band. Come on. Yeah. Imagine if you. Mm. Yeah, it's so, a lot to take in. I thought it was a great scene though. These, I, I just kept wondering if why none of these goons got suspicious that they're gonna be t- they're gonna be taken out by the next criminal because every cr- every guy like shoots the the guy he's with right like there's always one guy in the two group in the two man group that shoots the other guy the Joker mm-hmm. told him to shoot that guy mm-hmm. like they, do, they, do they not have any idea that 
like none of them really the only one of them got wise right at the very end and like pulls the gun on well who winds up being one the of them got wise and tried to do something about it because he got wise in time the other one a couple of them kind of realized no 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 no, no uh, just at the last second um mm-hmm. i thought it was kind of fun I, I i really did he he does he he sets it up he plans it we'll go into that later um mm-hmm. so that everyone completes the task they need to complete before offing the previous person it's it's really gorgeous right. as a heist scheme it's it's a gorgeous tactic it's, um, it's it's okay. I I, en- I enjoy the concept, but the I uh, was a little confused as to how that would actually work. Oh, it's simple though. You just tell the uh, you you go to each person, tell them how much money they'll get if they just kill that one guy, and you make them feel mm-hmm. like they're the the person they're the only person you've talked to about this. Right. No big deal. Yeah. Now, what's what's weird to me though is like, why does like okay in the bank when the dude comes out, you have no idea who you're dealing with, blah blah blah. And he's shooting these these goons and whatnot. Um, Joker basically uses him to kill the uh, the uh, one of the other goons. Mm-hmm. Then uh, shoots the dude and what did he put in his mouth? Dynamite? Was that what that was? With no, the no, no, no. It was just smoke? a uh, it was just like a tear bomb, like tear gas. Why didn't the dude spit it out? Or take it out. His hands weren't tied. No, his hands were uh, pretty much defunct. He had been shot up the left side, I think it was. It was uh, he, w- he had been basically shot up one side. Um, and okay. they make it very clear while he's lying on the ground that whatever it was that whatever it was that got shot was in charge of moving that side of his body. Um, I actually I actually liked that part because it's it was more more realistic gun damage. Yeah, you, know, you may not be dead yet, but that arm's not doing anything useful for a little while, buddy. Right. Now, I guess it, it wouldn't be too big of a stretch to think that in Gotham, because you see that the guy that winds up becoming the Joker, you see him standing on the street corner holding a duffel bag with the mm-hmm. mask off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming he didn't wait to get into the highs to put on that makeup. So I'm just guessing that in Gotham, it's okay to be standing there with a duffel bag with your face painted like a clown. In Gotham, that's called Tuesday. Okay. That's that's what I was going for. That's what I was hoping for. I, I just assumed that everyone... <laughs> Everyone strolled right by and went, oh, what an odd bird, and moved on with their day. All right, so uh, Gordon's shining the bat signal, even though the mayor is on a mission to take Batman down. Uh, he is assigned a task force, and they're gonna they're you know investigating Batman. And uh, you can very clearly see that none of these cops actually want to take down Batman. No, they're he's like doing their job. Fuck it. Sitting there, like throwing pieces of paper at you know the suspect board that has Abraham Lincoln on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, they they don't. They have more time to get out there and take bribes while he's doing their job. It's right. Fine. I did. Uh, it did bother me that like. Why wouldn't the mayor realize that there was a giant bat signal on the roof? And then, like later on, Harvey mentions it to Gordon. He's like, "Oh, I mean, it's a defective sig, it's a defective searchlight. That's your jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to fix that." Right. But you know, I sort of, kind of, I don't know. I, I kind of wish they had done something else with that, something a little better. I that don't was, know. That was fine. I they they just gave it this tone that um <laughs> that said that it, everyone roughly realizes that if someone were to ask that they need to be investigating this officially but they've put clearly their their two most lackadaisical cops on on that mission and busted search they don't even they're not even trying to come up with an explanation like no one in here has a fuck 
they're right. they're just happy he's out there. Now, okay, now we're we're gonna get to uh, a real problem of mine. Uh, in the Dark Knight, we we there's a drug deal go or a drug deal has gone wrong. Uh, some guy is pissed off because Scarecrow has been selling some some drugs to these guys and it's mm-hmm. turning everyone crazy. They're going mad with fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> just what the so, hell do you expect to get from well, Scarecrow? Sure. Right. Um, so all of a sudden, that's a on bunch you, of, Russian dude. A bunch of fake ass Batman come out, mm-hmm. and they're fighting the uh, Scarecrow and these goons. And then Batman shows up, like he has no consideration for anyone's like private property. Batman <laughs> has the Batmobile like plow through. Like I don't even know how he got up there. I guess by jumping across roof ta- rooftops. Right, it has car, previously been established. Established yeah. that the tumbler can jump through rooftops. And even aim pretty well while doing it. So destroys a couple of cars popping up there. Oh yeah, goes no, into, it, into no intimidate point. mode and blows the hell out of the place. Like yeah. cars, whole parking garage with yeah, a bunch of people who just, are apparently at work real late. I don't know. And this is to intimidate. I mean, I suppose it worked. I kind of feel like Batman is better than that. Like, why is he not just? And he's not even in the damn car. Like, he's using it as a distraction method. Like, none of that was. Like he's already got bat fakes running around shooting. He can use them as oh man. Well, he doesn't have them. No, he does. He there is no regard for uh, the personal property of Gotham's average citizen in this in this film. I mean, he's through the series. He flies over rooftops. He does. I mean, God, the the amount of work it would require to redo all the tiles on that one roof. That was a that was expensive work. Um, no, and in this one, one of my favorite mm-hmm. bits is when he's on the uh, the bat pod. I think that's mm-hmm. what they they called it right the, um when he's on his little not motorcycle um he's swerving in through through uh, in between the the lanes of traffic and just to his left and right he's just taking off rear view mirrors left and right um mm-hmm. seems a little yeah. dicky yeah Bit of oh he does there's there, so much yeah there's so much property damage and what's more is like he doesn't even know that like like there are there are there are just lines of cars there you can't tell that someone's definitely not in those cars mm-hmm. that he's blowing up like mm-hmm. I, I don't know it's like i don't like that like why would he do that okay mm-hmm. all right so okay. next note i have oh by the way i'm not wearing hockey pads awful line oh awful, yeah, yeah awful line um, um <laughs> although it a pretty decent retort why what what makes you different from me i'm not the one wearing hockey pads um i don't know i can get behind that i thought it was a pretty quick retort i thought it was actually pretty succinct i was good with it um and it it did me the favor of not being as bad as the lines in you know begins where the nice coat and you know how to drive stick because they had a habit of getting out of action scenes uh, getting in and out of scenes with those bad lines in batman begins and mm-hmm. I, I appreciated the fact that there weren't any of any of those little pullaways in dark knight yeah. Speaking of uh, bad lines, mm-hmm. why is Bruce Wayne retarded in this movie? He's only retarded when they go in to... the movie. <laughs> when they go to Hong Kong and Lucius is like explaining the sonar technology, he's like, ooh, sonar, like a... Uh, uh. Yeah. Oh, a, a submarine. Yeah. That's clearly what you meant. Yeah, all right. It So... Putting aside the world's greatest detective part, because that that obviously wasn't meant to be implied in this series of films. Um, it was not. Putting that aside, Bruce is still supposed to be pretty clever. Um, mm-hmm. And at the very least, pretty familiar with bats. How in the name of all hell does he misplace the word bat mentally? And he says, uh, <laughs> as, though that's, as though that's in the fucking script. Someone wrote the idea of Bruce Wayne forgetting the word bat. 
and kept their job, presumably. It's, it's not even continuity. It's like canonically in, in this trilogy. Like in the first movie, they are able to wax philosophically with mm-hmm. no uhs about yeah, yeah. fear and That's, justice. You've, and you've completely love missed the diction and... of the previous films. These people, everyone here has a, a philosopher, uh, philosophy major. Um, everyone. We're, no and in this movie, Bruce can't remember the word bat. Yeah, and, he, and the funny part is it, it's, it breaks from character. This this Bruce in this movie is actually, he's kind of suave. He's actually a little fun to watch every now and then. He did a pretty good job with Bruce most of the time. Um, uh-huh. it, he, but then he gets to this scene, and for some reason when he's talking to Lucius, it's he, he goes into like Keanu Reeves mode. Reeves mode. He, he, yeah. It sounds like Ted being given a, a, a cool little gift. I, I, I was waiting for him to go, whoa, at the end of the whole thing. It was it was frustratingly yeah. different now, than anything else in the film. No, at this point though, it's not only bad that Bruce can't remember the word bat in that scene. Mm-hmm. It's also bad that Lucius is like submarine. Why, yes, Mister Wayne. Like, why are you keeping up this front? <laughs> like, you are looking at Batman armor. You are giving him Batman armor in this movie, telling him like, you know, the worst part is you can be shot or you can be stabbed with it. Okay. Yeah, we, we've got. They they've long since. Well, it, the, at no point in their their whole uh, relationship has it ever have they ever pretended that Lucius doesn't actually know what's going on. Um. So I guess that's what their their whole plan was was to keep up the the appearances of of him at least. But no pretending. one's sitting around listening to them. But no, they're in Hong Kong. <laughs> no one can understand what they're saying anyway. Um, they're like sitting in a quiet space outside of a busy, busy building yeah. in the middle of a work day. No one fucking cares what those two are talking about. No one's no. listening. There are no paparazzi there. Um, it's like some Chinese guy is just looking over, going, "Oh, I bet that's Batman and his friend who makes all of his toys." No, that's not what's happening. No one's doing that. Um, and, yeah, and I knew it. And it, the this. <laughs> I, I'm sure they were just trying to keep up the keep the lineup and everything, but it it would have been a bit, much better scene if they just if he had said you know it's designed like this it has sonar and you just go back to Bruce who like raises his eyebrow and smirks and then Lucius smiles and they go about their day. Mm-hmm. Little quick inside joke. We all get it. You said sonar. It's a Batman movie. Well, we well we know. <laughs> We know, and he does. I'm, I'm serious, man. I have I have very much lost faith in the intelligence of humanity. Um. <laughs> you say lost as though you were fully. Supported. I ever had it, right, right, right. Well, you know, the more I meet people, the more I lose that faith. So that often, that often is the equation. Right. So, uh, yeah. And it's not uh, going to help if so you, you know, once we get to Dark Knight Rises, that's not going to help. All right, so the whole time they, they've they've realized that this dude Lau is is cooking his books and whatnot. He's in, he's involved in some in some uh, dirty deeds. This guy Lau, who is uh, there, he's wanting to do like a, a deal with uh, Wayne Corp, and uh, so they realize okay, he's 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 bad news. And then Lau leaves the country, and and Batman. Like they decide that uh, the way to get Lau back is for Batman to use a thing called Operation, uh, what is it, uh, Operation Skyhook. Yes. Why does Batman not have a Batwing? Uh, Why are we using hadn't. some old-ass white giant plane with yeah. a balloon on it? Right. That apparently like, they had to film very quickly because the residents of, uh, and they did film in Hong Kong, and apparently the... Um, the local municipality gave him a bunch of shit about it being air pollute or noise pollution and uh, oh. too distracting. And then 
had environmentalist concerns because the um, which in China uh-huh. is a real problem. Um, one of the problems was the the filmmakers had asked people to keep their lights on and the high rises uh, at night while they were filming to mm-hmm. give the give it a better shot. And it does. It looks better when cities are all lit up. Um, they they protested about that. Didn't didn't like the the use of energy or the waste of energy. It, they they kind of got in there, started the film, and I think generally found the entire experience was unpleasant and got it done as as soon as they could and got mm-hmm. the hell out. Um, okay, what part of that would not have been made simpler by just having a black, nondescript, stealth plane of some sort that Lucius says, yeah, we was messing around with it for the military, but then that didn't happen. Okay, cool. I don't know. Stealth I, that shit in, CGI that shit in, and get the hell out. Like uh, My only possible is, guess is that Mattel told them they couldn't use the plane until the third movie. I, I don't get No, this feels like a Christopher Nolan thing. This feels like, <laughs> oh no, he can't have a bat plane. That's crazy. He Just like he can't have a Batmobile. We've got, it's got to be like an army thing and we got to call it the Tumblr. Like, yeah, we, we got to name it after a shitty blog site. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, mean, well, we can't have a Wingler. That would just be too far. So we've got to have like an old 1960s white giant plane fly in and batman instead of using a cool ass grappling hook like batman is wont to do in every iteration of the character no he's got to use a giant balloon that freaking inflates from his ass and flies out of a window you know what here's the thing none of that bothered me none of it all of that bothered me (laughs) none of it i didn't miss i didn't miss there being a bat wing i did i wasn't pining for a for for that i i wasn't upset that there wasn't already a wing in order none of that i i wasn't uh, to upset be clear you don't have to call plane. it a bat wing yeah no i mean you just call it my plane um he'll be fine or my jet if you do it right but mm-hmm. he, none of that got to me the only thing i didn't like about the scene really um and, and it, it's it's just tangibly awkward he he shoots the the flare or he, whatever it is he's waiting on, but there's a couple seconds before the balloon really lifts them, um, or before it gets caught. However, the hell the contraption works, um, where he's just standing there and there's like thirty dudes uh-huh. pointing a gun at him, and he's got Lou in front of him as I guess kind of a human shield. They, but they just mm-hmm. stand there awkwardly for about four seconds. I, it's such a weird. I, it it stays on the screen for so long that it it took me out for a second. But then we were back and it was good. It was fine. Yeah, I I did not I did not see like how badass would it be? That doesn't take anything away from reality for you to be able to uh, say that Batman has a stealth plane, and of course, and that makes more sense than because just like you said, like the Chinese government had such a problem with that big ass white plane and everything. You're telling me they're not saying anything about it in the in the Nolan universe? We're talking about reality here, Nolan. <laughs> That's what you keep spewing Insisting and, and that you're talking referencing. About. Yeah, you're oh yeah, we're doing reality. This is a grounded batman all right well uh they don't have problems with their airspace being invaded over in china in your nolan verse i don't yeah now that's the real point for me i don't care about the plane i don't care about the sky hook it seemed i mean you're right it seems a little a little bit of an unnecessary walk work around but at the end of the day it was a fun scene where batman got to go play with some cool toys um he needed to introduce a couple of the toys that he was going to use later anyway um it ended up being a fun scene for me and i didn't mind it was pretty good action um i was down with it especially the jumping off that high rise the base jumping um swooping around i kind of thought fuck yeah that's what a bat looks like um my problem he gets back 
and everyone accepts Lou and and they're good. That, that's a fucking war crime, is what it is. Right. I'm not. I'm not sure about the the international legality of it, but I'm I'm <laughs> almost sure that Interpol, FBI, and the Secret Service would be hunting Batman now because you can't fucking go extradite people from countries that we have non extradition clauses with. You just can't do that yeah. shit. Well, we have no details on on how Mr. Lau got back into the country, but we're glad he's back. And uh, <laughs> no, he says I I I wasn't made aware of of his travel plans, but we're glad right. he's back. Uh, right. Which is, you know, you want to go into denial mode, fine, but you're going to probably have to do that in front of a congressional subcommittee, not the <laughs> local news. <laughs> Um, by the way, Alfred, shortly after this, this scene, makes a crack at how lame Bruce is for trying to impress Rachel. Like when he's throwing the big, uh, I believe in Harvey Dent mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a, a lot of the Alfred stuff was freaking on point this week. Um, yeah. My favorite moment, though, out of Alfred, out of all of it, is when he's decided he's going to turn himself in and they're leaving the, uh, I don't know, we'll call that a cave for now. Um, <laughs> the, the, the bat white room, whatever. The white room with the console. Right. Oh, boy, that's a cave. The giant room, room with one <laughs> tiny computer in it um, that's hidden somewhere below something. I don't fucking know. Um <laughs> But they never did clear that they up. They never clear up where it is. But <laughs> as they're leaving the room, um, they they briefly joke that, um, how does he put it? Is it? I forget what Alfred teases him with, and he just says, you know, accomplice. I was going to tell him the whole other thing was your idea. I, I liked that camaraderie. I actually It was actually a, a nice yeah. moment. And it was one of the moments where they actually did make me kind of smile a little bit because I thought it was a nice moment between a couple of guys. But... It's the rare moment where something actually did strike me as funny because they earned the joke rather than nice jacket or nice coat. Yeah, yeah. They had that part right. They finally figured out how to actually get something with some levity in there without it being campy. And if they'd kept that formula the whole time, we'd have been in good shape. No, I'm going to talk about... The other one was like Scarecrow pulling up. Not not, not my diagnosis. That one made me laugh when I heard it the first time. They actually did manage to get funny in there a couple times. That was good. Not my diagnosis was good. Yeah. What was weird is it looked like uh, Killian. I've been informed, by the way, that it's Killian Murphy. Uh, Killian Murphy. Bethany. My my girlfriend is a, uh, I, I would say, Killian Murphy file. She likes Killian Murphy a fair amount, and well, she has informed fair, me that but it was. If you it, call it him is, Killian, Killian, what the hell am I supposed to call that beer? You know, I don't know. I require an answer. <laughs> the beer can't be Cillian. So, <clears throat> let's, uh, they are really uneven with how they wrote Rachel Dawes in this movie. Like well, Rachel I, Dawes, they're uneven between the two movies, but I like this as a closed in a closed space. I like this version. Yeah, I as I've expressed, just the, as the MVP of the films of the film for me is Katie Holmes for not appearing. Right. She uh, she literally like chose Dawes. a movie with Queen Latifah over this. By the way, I did look oh, up the timing it, on it. She oh. literally chose a movie with Queen Latifah over doing The Dark Knight. Wow. This is the same man who married Tom Cruise or woman who married Tom Cruise? What do you want? Uh, what do you want? <laughs> Who, so, who heard the entire Tom Cruise Scientology spill and went, uh-huh, I can get on board with that. What was weird for me, though, is, like, yeah, between movies, like, I don't like her character very much in this movie either. Because, again, she feels tacked on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, the first movie, Rachel was very uh, dour and, and seemed very... Uh, 
she's she's totally about the the the, the justice and the little people and all that stuff. And here yeah. she just seems like like Gyllenhaal plays her completely differently, with a lot more sass and a lot more like I don't know, I don't know what you would call it. Playful, moxie, playful. Yeah, that'll work. Um, but one of the one of the outcomes of that playfulness is like she totally shrugs off the whole thing where like she's with Harvey Dent, she's dating Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. and uh, dude in the courtroom pulls a gun on him. By the way, I don't know how the hell they got that gun into the courtroom. This is once again the Batman Begins situation. Does no has Nolan never been in a courtroom? Does he not know that there's security? There is. Like, security. This dude is like this dude. Like, has it's got, a like, huge deal in the in the long Halloween. It's a big deal that they managed to get a, a, a little bit of acid into a courtroom. Right. They, and like in a, a huge indictment of a mob boss and the guy who's testifying against him just has a gun on his on his lap mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right in front of everyone. OK. So, um, you know, but she he is the judge him, isn't like, sitting there going, what is that you're playing with over there? Oh, my a gun. Right. Right. But she's like, hey, you know, you can't do you can't be the district attorney and, and not have a. Oh, no. What is, if you're not getting shot at, you're not doing your job right. Which is a bold line. Yeah. That line has swagger is what it has. I like it. It has swagger, but this is exactly the reason that you didn't want to be with Bruce. (laughs) Because he gets shot at a lot. Yeah, you know. Look, there. I'm not going to say that the the story is consistent with Rachel. You can't. It's just. It's just not. It's never going to be. Um, she's recast. They basically retooled the entire character. They gave her entirely new priorities. Um, she still uh, has really poor timing about when to kiss Bruce. But that's about the only thing I can right? see is consistent between the two fucking films. <laughs> right. First movie, she pulls an Oliver, as you right. stated. Right. The other day, um, she pulls an Oliver, and what we mean by that is, uh, Oliver in season three of Arrow kisses Felicity. And then goes, I can't be with you. Right. She does the same thing to Bruce. Total like, dick. Rachel move. does the same thing to Bruce. You you don't kiss a dude and then tell him that you can't be with him. That's that's right. messed up. It's mean. Um, it's 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 not for anyone's benefit. No one wins there. Um if you're the guy in that situation, you end up looking back and and wishing that you had had the balls to just walk away. Right. And then she goes out on the balcony in, during the Harvey Dent fundraiser. And she's all pissed at Bruce. She's all pissed at Bruce. She's like, Harvey doesn't know you well enough to know when you're making fun of him, but I do. And he's like, no, I was being genuine. What the hell do you want from me? I mean, yeah, she comes out there to give him a speech about how well she knows him. And he immediately retorts with, that wasn't at all what I was saying. What the hell are you talking about? And then he, you know, but he's like, but what I was saying was Harvey is my way out of being Batman. Mm -hmm. So... And then they kiss. And this is like, so, yeah. dude. On the one hand, Bruce Bruce comes up with this giant plan to parlay his Batman <laughs> persona into the, the white knight Harvey Dent, such that he can now <laughs> bird dog Harvey's girl. And right. Bruce is a dick to Bruce the is district a dick. attorneys. Like, this, this is... <laughs> One of my, one of my problems with the film is that it wasn't enough for them to destroy most of the character aspects of Batman that I enjoyed. They had to make him an adulterer as well. Right? Bullshit, people. <laughs> because no, I mean, you know, I, Rachel Rachel I, goes outside, has this conversation, which she's obviously seriously engaged with Harvey. That's not a conversation you should probably get yourself into in a normal relationship. You you, you try to avoid putting yourself in those positions if you can. So she's already playing with fire when she gets out there. Then she kisses him anyway, mm-hmm. and immediately goes inside and and half accepts a marriage proposal from Harvey. Yeah, I uh, come on, girl, get it together. Yeah, now this is a uh, 
this is a strange aside, I know, but for anyone who doesn't know, in the comic books and in the animated series, Bruce and Harvey were friends, mm-hmm. dear friends, very, very close friends. And it's one of those things that has always eaten at, at Bruce, maybe even more so than his inability to reform the Joker was his inability to reform Two-Face, um, because Harvey and Bruce are like best friends. Well, so there were, in the days before there was a Two-Face, and in... Um, Batman trusted exactly three people. Alfred, right. Gordon, Dent. That's it. He, he yeah. it, You took away a third of his entire friend group by throwing some acid in his face. and Yeah, it, it, it sucked. It sucked a lot. Uh, and he's always yeah. he's always missed that. He's always missed that he had someone that he actually trusted that he was fighting that fight with. And, um, and he was doing it the right way because you did. You had to have somebody in the legislative and somebody in the executive branch of of that right. of Gotham's government to make any real progress. And the, actually, one of the things I really loved about this film is as much mm-hmm. as Nolan apparently doesn't understand the aspects of how to get into a courtroom, he does understand that to actually prosecute someone, you have to have someone to press the charges, someone to make the arrest. Someone to make the charges yeah. stick, and someone to actually rule it. Um, and you, now what you, you have, do if you're the Joker, you go blow all those people the fuck up. Right now, you might be asking, well, how would that would have fit in? Well, if you tuned into the Batman Begins review, uh, I said they should have replaced Rachel Dawes with uh, Assistant DA Harvey Dent. Well, when you do the flashbacks, you have best friend Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. and Bruce's sense of justice has rubbed off on him, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get into the system and disagrees with Bruce's political uh, with Bruce's vengeance motives. Well, I would have uh, seen him as again. As- yeah, don't going show from, Bruce going into a courtroom with a gun. But hey, I would I would have seen him as like say it's Princeton. Say Harvey went to Princeton too. That's where they yeah. met. That yeah. they're they're good friends, but you know they're both they haven't started to really take life seriously yet. Um, they're bros, and then they that you could see him make that transition into taking life more seriously and and dealing with real problems of justice. And I'm sure there could be a touching scene where they come back to Gotham and and see something that they they hadn't seen and they grow up real quick. It'd be a great scene. Figure mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. the details out as you wish. Plot it yourself. But right, you it would be a fantastic little relationship to have in the bank. And you would you would have been able to go back to it to the well for this movie, and it would have given even more heart to the fact that. And it's true, Harvey is the only legitimate story that has an emotional arc in the in the film. Uh, right. And now, that's by design. To though. a large you, degree. It's the Joker. You, you can't have an emotional arc. It's not happening. Unless you're going to kill Sarah yeah. Essen at the end of it. This shit ain't happening. Right. Now, jumping back, uh, we got a little back into the philosophy bullshit oh, with her dinner. I did mean to mention this, though. As far as I remember, it, it, I didn't realize this last week when you mentioned it, but when I looked around this week, I think they did talk about having Harvey Dent in the first film. Or I know they did talk about did it. Did they really? Um they talked about it, and were, apparently one of the reasons they didn't want to do it was because it wouldn't do that character justice. What? I know. It's a dumb argument. So your your plan is, instead of giving him two movies to develop, to do him real justice, you're only going to give him one movie to develop. Um, oh, and they probably I, just flipped a coin. Seriously. And <laughs> they really didn't. You know, I, I'm sure they were stuck on the idea that if they brought Harvey up, they'd have to do something with him in the first film. Well, no. no you, you already knew you were shooting for a trilogy. Face. Just put him in there. Jeez. Just no. put him what you do, what you do is you you introduce him in the first one, you have him become Two Face in the second one, mm-hmm. and then the third one. If you're gonna jump eight years ahead, first of all, you don't have Batman stop being Batman in those eight years. Second, you actually do. You have reformed Harvey, mm-hmm. who's not really reformed. That's what you do. 
if you're just cutting yourself down to three movies. Why anyone would say, I'm just going to do three movies, but then you're talking about Batman. In my head, this shit should be an HBO series that lasts for ten years like Game of Thrones or some shit. But I hey, know, but that's just my, my personal opinion. I know. Um, uh, so, but yeah. It, you know, and the, back in that day, though, to, we're, we're talking about pre-MCU destroying the previous ideas. So, yeah, you're shooting for a trilogy was highfalutin. Um, I never understood why those ideas were in place anyway. Like, I don't understand why back in, like, 1977 they weren't thinking about Justice League with Christopher Reeve. I don't understand why they weren't thinking about it with the 89's Batman. I don't understand Hadn't, why they... No one had proven, and you know how it's it's a it's a Hollywood rule. It's it's the whole, give me the same, uh, give me something different, but the same kind of thing. Um, until someone sees someone else make money that way, they're not going to take that chance. I know, I know. Um, so... It really bothered me how much Harvey was just sitting there spouting, like basically giving us foreshadowing for his entire character during that mm-hmm. dinner. Where he's with just, one of the you know, weirdest lines yeah. in the entire fucking yeah. film. Yeah, I, yeah. Screw nice coat. Goes <laughs> as much as I hate that. It, how does it go exactly? Um, um, you either <laughs> you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Okay, here's the thing. If I sat here and gave you five minutes of of just open forum and you tried your best, there's no possible way you could make that sentence make sense. It does not happen. It's a snake eating its own tail. No, I think it makes perfect sense. I just think it's a little too deep and weighty for for him to just uh, nonchalantly, you know, spew at dinner one night with his girlfriend's ex. I I mean, no, I I mean, as far as dinnerware, I could get behind any kind of philosophy you want to pull out. Apparently, no matter what you do at dinner, it's not going to matter because you can buy a fucking hotel while you're there and no one blinks an eye. So, right. Whatever, fine, keep that. But what I'm what I'm gonna have problems with is the sentence itself makes no damn sense. It really doesn't. You How either does die early sense? or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I, I it's one of those things where it sounds okay if you think about it, it, it when you first hear it, but then think about it. Why I have thought about it. Yeah, why what is it what is it well, that you're referring is... to in this sentence that makes it so damned certain that you will lo- that if you live long enough you will become a villain? I think they were referring to Caesar, but um, but yeah, like you you either die the hero or you are a hero for so long that you gain so much of a following and that you gain so much power that you wind up becoming a villain because ab- you know uh, absolute power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Sure, but that's yeah. not at all what that implies to me. To me, that gets into the 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 headcanon argument is. They're just trying to take it take it for red that anyone in this town will eventually become corrupt, which is fine. That's actually part of what makes Gotham as a city work on paper. But no, it wasn't that deep. They were they were foreshadowing. That's all it was. It was foreshadowing for him to become Harvey. Or See, that's what ends up bothering me about it a lot. Is that that's all it really is is foreshadowing. Um, I mean, they it's a it's a a thing that sounded good on paper mm-hmm. that really doesn't express what you actually wanted to express it's it's mm-hmm. true purpose is to sit there and and give you an idea of what's about to happen in the rest of the film and there were better ways to do it i hated that line yeah because they he could have pulled out absolute power corrupts absolutely and it would have made more sense and you didn't have to try I'm, to come up with your own phrase i'm not saying that it was the best line ever but it made sense to me <laughs> It, mm, I didn't. In fact, I, I'm complaining about the entire thing. Like, why the hell was he even sitting there talking about that anyway? Unless Harvey had something going on. But they don't go into Harvey's character. Like, he's a bulldog. He wants to take down all of these these mobsters. Um, he's he's just he's got a fire lit under his ass. Great. And why? Then when yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
when the shit comes down, <laughs> he goes a little nutty. He starts capturing people who might be involved in shit. He's flipping coins. We don't know why. They never explain why. They, you know, no, suddenly no, he's they, talking about chance. They they give the coin actually a pretty decent backstory in the film. I mean, it, he keeps using the coin. He keeps using the I make my own luck. And then um, there's the oh, there's the scene weak. that you know, I know. But there's the scene though where he, when he's in the hospital and he sees the coin and like you can tell for just a second he hopes that somehow this was a dream and then he turns it over and it's blackened and uh, he knows you know he knows damn well what happened to Rachel. Um, which I thought was a I thought looked good. My yeah, like, I just I wanted to know who the fuck put that coin in his hand. Batman did. I, do you is, not remember? No. I, is it Batman? What? Why would you do that to the poor guy? Like what? Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, you can just no, see okay. it. Oh yeah. When you wake up, I want you to remember that your girlfriend got blown up, dude. Lest okay. you forget, Rachel had the coin. Rachel had the coin. Yeah, he had flipped it to her. Right. She oh, got blown yeah, it's up. In the, yeah, it's in the records when she got blown up, and then there it went. Batman. Back. Batman, who did not know that she had the coin, had no way of knowing that she mm-hmm. had the coin. Somehow finds it in the rubble. Of course. So he goes like, "Oh look, one side is all clean, and the other side is black." Hmm. I'm gonna go make a super villain. Right. And goes to the hospital it, and quietly places it on the the table beside Harvey while he's in the No part of that is okay. Not flowers, <laughs> not sorry for your loss. Nope. Here's a a bold right. blazoned reminder that everything you've loved is gone. Just in case. Yeah. In case you wanted to know what happened. Right. It'll be nighttime. The woman you love is dead. <laughs> It'll be daytime when you wake up and I'll be Bruce then, so I won't be here to tell you. <laughs> a terrible thing <laughs> it was a weird moment the, the thing though though it's so much of the two-faced stuff is a little weird like that and y- you could try to get nitpicky about it but the eckhart does such a damn good job that i i i swear it you have to sit here and re-watch this movie to get past his performance to get to the nitpicky stuff yeah i, oh, okay. I don't need he's he just he blew me away he's the actual the actors the did the, uh, the villains in this film were fucking phenomenal wouldn't mind yeah. more backstory though. I really wouldn't. No, one thing that really bothered me is like at the fundraiser. Well, well, well first of all, I don't know how Bruce still has friends. After yeah, that yeah, big rant, big weirdness for me. Whatever. Why does he still like? How can he still get that room full? And then let's assume that money is the answer to that because he has money. Yeah. Um, and then even still, he's not even campaigning. That seemed a little weird to me that he was like, "I'm not campaigning, Bruce," and he was like. The election isn't for another three years. He's like, with the help from my friends, you'll never have to throw another fundraiser again. Right. I mean, okay, sure. He's going to go create his own little super PAC somewhere. That's fine. And I'll give him this. If you're going to run for for an office, you probably should start collecting funds about three years off. Because the two years right up until it, you're not going to have time to do any more fundraising. But No, fun bit for me, though, was Harvey goes into that fundraiser and he says to Alfred, any crazy ex-boyfriends I should know about? And Alfred says, oh, you have no idea. Right. Which is well, still inaccurate. At no point Bruce was are Rachel never and her Bruce boyfriend. boyfriend and girlfriend. Never. Never. Yeah. It never happens. They have two poorly timed kisses and an arrowhead yep. between them. The rest of it is a bunch of fuzzy memories of some girl he used to play uh, chase with when he was so young that they hadn't even really worried about cooties yet. Oh, man. And the whole, yeah. the whole franchise revolves around how much he wants to impress this girl and then how much he's destroyed after she's gone. And then eventually mm-hmm. it culminates in how quickly he forgets her when he met Selena. Oh, I promise this is the last time I'll talk about this. Mm-hmm. At dinner, Dent doesn't just tell us that he's going to be a bad guy later. Mm-hmm. He expresses the entire concept behind Nolan's trilogy. He tells us how it's going to end in Dark Knight Rises. Yep. 
He talks about how the hero doesn't, like Batman, he's sure that Batman doesn't want to be a hero. He wants to pass his mantle on. He doesn't want to do this forever. And it keeps cutting to Bruce looking longingly at Rachel and shit. How did we miss this? How are we so disappointed with Dark Knight Rises? We should have seen it coming the no, entire it, time. No, we, the the <laughs> plot wouldn't have been bad. Like everything he says at that table's fine. No, um, it's not because in this entire movie, Bruce is going on and uh, yeah, all he's doing is looking for a way out of being Batman. He has been Batman. For well, maybe I know, but by the end of the film, what they've by the end of the film, what you have is that there's no way he can quit. He has to keep doing it, and there's a whole um, you know speech at the end about how much they they need him. And when we left this film, the reason we were so excited about the the one that was going to come was because. They they had wrestled with that idea that he could quit, and it, right. and he found out wholeheartedly that that was not going to happen. Yeah, when this movie ends, we still have the concept that oh, this might be like a mask of the phantasm situation where he realizes oh, he can't have a normal life. He can't right. be the person that he. You're, you're still waiting to, to see him double down, uh, and and really completely commit. But it just someone should have handed happen. someone should have handed Gordon a note and said he's not a vigilant protector, right? Because as, as soon as he drives back to the mansion, he he hangs it up. Right, for eight years. Yeah, and you know we can do a skip to the end here and just let me. This is one of the biggest problems with it is uh, between the films. We'll get into this with Dark Knight Rises, obviously, but between the films, he apparently you remember he he leaves on the bat pod, dogs and and whole squads chasing him, and mm-hmm. he just. Drive, yeah, like you said, drives home. Apparently, mm-hmm. somewhere in the somewhere, I suppose he fucks up all of the cartilage in his knee on the ride home. By the way, but he. Oh no, I thought he did that when he fell with Harvey. Yeah, you can't mess up the cartilage that poorly and then still be standing a second later. I mean, it just, it's. Well, one you of the, can't just strap on a knee brace and make it magically go away either. I know the moment they brought up medical ailments in these films, it was just it was a death nail. That was the dumbest damn thing they could have done. Um, but he <laughs> drives home and immediately quits. So Gordon's sitting there just waxing about how much they need him and how he's the hero, they blah, 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 blah. And then he promptly disappoints him in the most stern possible way. And the the scene itself has any kind of any kind of flaws because your your family like right before that Harvey's up there holding his entire family hostage. Mm. Um, he, every uh, both kids and the mom all right. have guns pointed at him. Harvey gets killed. So Gordon goes and you know they they jump down about three flights of stairs. I guess which is something you pointed out too is apparently yeah two stories is enough to break your knees and three stories drop is enough to kill you so thoroughly that they don't even bother checking your fucking pulse. Right. Gordon and Batman are down there, and at no point do they actually look to see if he's dead. Right. Earlier in the movie, Batman drops Maroni off of like what seems to be two or three stories. With the express purpose of only messing him up. Yeah, he's like, you're not going to kill me with dropping me from this height. And Batman's like, I'm not trying to kill you. And then drops him. No, he says, I'm counting on it, which is one of the actual good lines in the movie. Whatever it was. I don't even remember the good lines anymore. I know, you went into a very dark hole. Um, (laughs) We're going to have to give you a couple years to remember the movie more fondly than you do right now. A very dark hole or a very dark cave? Yeah, sure, we'll do that. Not a bright white room with a console. Right. By the way, that cave was not messed up at the end of Batman Begins. The Batcave was still intact. I don't yeah. understand why they're not even there. Oh, okay. Why they didn't? Why they abandoned it? No, he did. That's yeah. probably it. Probably is the same exact fucking cave. He just used drop ceilings. It like he put up some sheetrock. <laughs> I wanted to look nice for when Rachel comes. Grab some kills all. Put up a nice coat of primer. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
his um, his elitist upri- up upbringing finally caught up to him, and he just went, you know what, this cave is just too dark. I have to do something. Um, all right. So as as happens at Bruce Wayne functions, uh, something goes awry. The villain shows up. Joker shows up and drops Rachel out of a window. Of course. With, with Again, his everything Ledger's attached to is ends up being either a good line or a good performance of a bad line at the worst. But yeah, you know, dropper, poor choice of words. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I don't so know how they fell that again. far and didn't. Now, see, that's the other part is you can fall what looks like about 22 stories mm-hmm. and not even lose your breath. Like they, They're literally chatting with each other seconds later. Right, right. And I'm just like, number one, how did they survive that fall? No freaking way. No freaking way. They and fell also, so hard that the cabbie, and the cabbie that they fell on should have had his neck snapped by the roof of the car. And all he noticed was someone hit something hit the roof of the car he just looked surprised right and um, there's they're up there talking and chatting and he's apparently still in the vehicle going hmm, that was weird no you you just landed on top of my car i i'm getting out i'm calling police mm-hmm. and other authorities i'm yelling what the fuck and are you okay and what the fuck i have all right. kinds and of questions a lot of end with a lot of the questions end with the fuck but i have a lot of things to say about this i'm not going to sit quietly in my car while you two finish your little cozy conversation right and by the way this this completely implies that christopher nolan thought it was more realistic that they would fall off of the top of a skyscraper land on the ground mm-hmm. they thought he thought this was more realistic that they would survive that than batman grabbing her midair and pulling out a grapple gun yeah why does batman not have a grapple gun he has it later in the movie he has it later in the movie no well, he had it in the first movie i don't know why he, he didn't had have it in the first movie yeah that's a that that is a thing that batman has on his belt is so he swings around the city for and, all the I times mean, that we see him like, maybe they on thought they should just high... be realistic with it finally and not you know yeah. Well, again, he's it, hanging but, out on high precipice throughout the entire film, both <laughs> films, and and he's fine. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong; it's strapped to his like the utility belt that he uses is a repelling device that actually does like anchor to the back of his belt. I think it was, um, but it anchors to his belt. And yeah, I suppose if you're falling that fast and you suddenly had an anchor on your belt, then you know you and Rachel Dolls are gonna get all Gwen Stacy real quick. Um, yeah. Lots of stuff's about to snap. I'd much rather see an effort than, you know, I mean, an, an, an effort that wound up unrealistically pulled off mm-hmm. than just them falling onto a car. Like, what are you going to do, Batman? You guys didn't even, like, drop. You didn't even shield her from the fall because you're both <laughs> laying side by side when that shot, when we I, see it, you fall. It did look like, like uh, he landed He landed on his back and then she landed on top of him. Uh, anyway, kind of. physics be damned, though. Physics They'd be damned. Be dead. Now, Speaking of dead... <laughs> Hold on, though. I, this is uh, something I started to mention. I, 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 okay, sorry. With Gordon, at the end of this movie, uh-huh. his family is threatened. Uh-huh. He runs outside. His kid uh-huh. runs outside with him. Plucky uh-huh. little bastard, that one. Uh-huh. And they immediately, like, he gives a speech. It's it's a, I call it a broner. Um, he gives a speech that's, it, it's very, um, he almost looks, what do you want to call here? Infatuated? Um, just it's it's a waxy speech about how how amazing this guy is. But anyway, he's outside giving the speech. Presumably, this is seconds after. So presumably, about three flights up, his wife and his other kid, the one he doesn't love as much as the blonde, are experiencing right. like PTSD levels of chaos in there. They're in there. They've just had guns pointed at their head. Mm-hmm. Dude, go back inside and tell your family it's gonna be okay. Yeah, and also maybe deal with that whole situation where you have to explain that you don't really love one more than the other. Right. But he was just You've got a lot of explaining to do to the little brunette child. 
I mean, a lot of fucking explaining to do. Because like, when the time came, it, it, literally at gunpoint, you found out that your dad doesn't love you as much, even though he says he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, that, that needs to be addressed. I don't know. Just plain yeah. does. And the kid that he picks, by the way, is a little asshole. <laughs> I... As evidenced yeah. by this, go back and watch the film and 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 look at every every scene that kid is in. He never addresses his father. He never says anything about him. He never says anything really to Gordon. All you hear the kid actually say at any given time is you know, stuff about Batman. The kid only cares about Batman. Like yeah. the first time you hear him, it's this snarky little uh, "Did Batman save you again?" And he almost does say it like, "Oh, did Batman save you again today?" Uh, he he's a snarky little little prick. And, it, and you know, he's, he's, you know, Gordon defends himself. No, actually, today I saved him. Well, great. Good for you. Um, the kid doesn't even get excited about that, though. He's like, uh-huh. Yeah, finally. Fucking pulling your weight, Dad. I wish Batman was my real daddy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> he, he has that little scene there. And then later, the first thing he asks him is, even then, even then, after, like, apparently the kid abandons his mom and his brother as well. Um, this is, this is Jimmy Gordon. It will, <laughs> if they had followed the story the whole way through, it turns out he's a psychopath and a serial killer. So right. I can believe that. But, um, yeah. he apparently abandons the rest of his family too, comes downstairs and immediately asks, is Batman okay? His kid seriously doesn't care about anything, anything his dad's up yeah. to. Um, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a little dick. Apparently, well, uh, you know, to be fair, to be for to, to be fair to little Jimmy, mm-hmm. up until the point Batman showed up, his dad was nothing but a coward anyway. <laughs> right. it was that around? Probably yeah. came home and complained about how corrupt things were, and he probably heard his fair share of fights where his mother was going like, "Well, why don't you do something about it?" And he's like, "Who's there to rat to? City like this? Who's there to rat to?" Yeah, he he doesn't have much hope. And, and then one day, film, a magical thing happened. Get, a man know, a named sack. Batman showed up. A man so, named Batman showed up, and suddenly his mommy was proud of Daddy. Right. Because Daddy helped Batman. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't enough for, for young Jimmy. It, it wasn't enough for Jimmy that his, that his dad was the only person in Gotham that Batman trusted. Nope. He right. wanted Batman himself to be his dad. Well, in Jimmy's mind, you know, Gordon is the only one weak enough to... <laughs> That Batman chose him because he was weak to just kowtow to this bat bastard. Is that if this is if this is the Jimmy Junior from the comics, he would have that thought. Like, well, of course he's using my dad. My dad's easily manipulated. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's the real story here. Batman. What was going to happen to that kid if if the Dark Knight hadn't right. risen? I believe he's going to be a problem for uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yeah, one one day. So one day. One day. Now, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's <laughs> going to have plenty of problems, mainly cleaning up this city that Batman abandoned. Right. Well, it would have been his problem if the radiation didn't kill everyone. Right. That should cull the oh. herd pretty well. So, it really um, should. I don't know what I've gone over with all this. <laughs> oh, now, something with uh, with Harvey that disturbs me the whole time is, don't get me wrong, that it looked good. It really did. Mm-hmm. It looked good. But it was, you know, he's he chose to forego the skin grafts uh, and, mm-hmm. and leaves the hospital, um, the rebel, left the hospital. I bet he didn't even sign his AMA papers. Right. Just heads off into the night. Um, well, he wanted to, but the hospital was blowing up, so. There was, no one was there to uh, proffer him the paperwork, I'm sure. But right. he, it's it's good that he died anyway, because walking away from that kind of injury with no kid, he was going to be Harvey Gangrene in like three weeks. <laughs> He's over at Home Depot buying like sealant. Right. You know, just he wasn't gonna last long. Went to the art store, got some of that, you know, gloss that you so, so, 
And it, it it annoyed me anyway, because, come on, the acid was better, and it didn't mean you had to, okay. Yeah. Now, um, it seems to be a trend of Batman movies. In this movie, so close after Batman began, uh, Joker's threatening to kill everyone in the city if he doesn't show up and, prove, and say that he's Batman. So Bruce just, okay, I'll stop being Batman. Like, he doesn't even, like, really <laughs> consider it. He's just like, okay. It's the and first really good excuse that's come along, and he's, ah. Excellent. Yeah. Apparently, what stopping, what ending being Batman entails is that he, based on this movie, he takes like a folder and some photographs and throws them into a small kindling fire. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and he and Alfred turn out lights. That's what's that's what it is. Like he, he lovingly caresses a battering one more time and then. And then, like, Rachel's pissed off because Harvey turns himself in. I love that she's, like, mad and goes to Alfred and she's like, Bruce, just let Harvey, blah, 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 blah. I just wanted Alfred to go, no, ma'am, he was fully intending to do that, but he even burned his paperwork. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, I don't know what to tell you. We turned out all the lights. Right. What what more could we do? (laughs) We turned out lights. I don't, I don't know, know what else you want from us. Maybe you call up Anthony Michael Hall and tell him who you are. I don't know. So, call um, up, by the way, the worst news outlet I've ever seen in my life in any portrayal of news ever. This may be the dumbest thing I've ever damn seen. Like, it, or at the very least, the most irresponsible news outlet. Uh huh. Um, I, why would you ever air the Joker's little terrorist videos? No one would actually put that on screen. Yes, they would. No, they would. Not the whole damn yes, thing, including him. Like, no, there's no freaking way. Like uh, that'd be one of those things that you you would hear was out there, and you'd have to scour the internet and hope for somebody mm-hmm. on 4chan to finally put it up. <laughs> okay, cop convoy scene where they're taking Harvey. By the way, oh my god, uh-huh. oh my god! Right before they leave, um, right right before Harvey leaves on that cop convoy. Um, he realizes Gordon's alive. Gordon has, you know, faked his own death and everything. Mm-hmm. So he realizes Gordon's alive. He he says, Gordon, you, you do like to play things close to the chest. Mm-hmm. And I went, wait a minute. They're calling back the wrong dialogue. <laughs> At no point in this movie did Gordon ever tell Harvey that he liked to play things close to the chest. In fact... It was freaking Bruce talking to Morgan Freeman. It was Bruce talking to Lucius Fox about why he, because Lucius is like, hey, why did you uh, sanction off R&D for your own nefarious purposes or whatever? And Bruce is like, I'm going to play this one close to the chest. Yeah. I'm almost sure that's best, but now I've heard it so many times I can't remember. Um, It's chest. It is chest. No, I mean I'm I'm almost sure it's supposed to be vest, but oh, it's at this point I've at this point I've gone into one of those holes where if you say a word too many times it loses meaning, and I I I can no longer remember the semantics. Um, But yeah, that look they do have a conversation when they they do have a conversation early on. I can't remember if he actually says the phrase, but they they're talking. It's the same conversation I think where they're they're talking about the. the searchlight that's a little broken. Um, mm-hmm. Are you sure they don't say close to the chest there? I am pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure. I think it's there. But if that is there, then they are saying that phrase way too much in this movie. Well, sure. Either way, they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, so this cop convoy scene is one of the worst action scenes I've ever seen. They're constantly breaking the like 180 rule. They're like... I don't know what direction Harvey's sitting in in the because he's sitting in the he's sitting in in, in 
like the right side of the van, the right hand side of the van when he takes off, and then they switch the camera angles. So like when you but when you see someone like hit him from behind, you see Harvey like jolting forward like he's just gotten hit from the back. Like it is some of the worst physics I have ever seen in a chase scene. I well no, that's not true. I've watched the scene from Bullet and the eighteen hubcaps that fall off it. Okay. <laughs> Bullet, starring Steve McQueen, was like the first one to do that. I know. The chase scene. So let's just get that out of our systems right now. I loved every hubcap. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I, I can only say this to defend that scene, because I do believe it went on a little long. I do. But they were shooting an IMAX for that scene, and they got all excited. Um, Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's a little too long on the the, when it's actually on Will's portion. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I... I don't I don't care what side of the van he's on. I really don't. That was fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um yeah, especially with the like the magic cop cars. Yeah. They're never they're never actually like fluid with how many cop cars are supposed to be there. Like it's nope, like, but I actually thought that was more realistic than anything. It's not like you say chasing starting and eighteen cops show up magically. No, they all come in from their different beats and join the race at different times. Um and... I actually can deal with that part. I liked the scene, except for um, except for the length. Just share the length. That's the real problem. Um, and the the reward at the end of that scene was so good. I immediately forgave everything I had seen that I didn't like. Because the Joker's standing there in the middle of the street doing the "Come on, come on! I want you to do it. I want you to hit me." Fucking perfect. Batman he, could have just run into him and broken his legs. Right. Yeah. And I, I, don't get me wrong. I think he probably could have swung the back of that thing against like the side of his knees and uh, done done the city a, a lot of good. But oh, the Joker though killed it in that. Just fucking killed it. Um, yeah. No, that's exactly the Joker I want. It's exactly the kind of guy I want. Because he does, and well, they they nature, they do a good uh, job with this one part. Is the reason that the reason everyone loves that dichotomy so much is. You know, Batman can never kill him. He does have the one rule, as they point out, and uh, mm-hmm. it would do. It would be the culmination of his life's work if if Batman finally did kill the Joker. Right. The joke well, would know, be on him. Um, I don't know, man. I you know I I don't know. I'm going to move on. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I disagree about how fun the scene was. I, I think know. is the, the the result of. It. I don't. I was aggravated with how much Batman destroyed public property. I was yeah, but I'd gotten so used to it by this point in the in the series that I didn't even care anymore. I was aggravated that he's like riding at the Joker and screaming on his little motorcycle, and like and then he just wimps out and drives into a pile of bricks. <laughs> just like oh my god, you're so lame, Batman. <laughs> So and he had lame. just done that really cool thing against the wall where the bat pod turns around. Like you don't have like an all, all that, that fancy army arsenal going. that Lucius has created for you. You don't have a bat bola. You can't just drive at him and like miss him like on purpose and like shoot him with like a little bat bola and like wrap no, his legs he, up. He, he did. He had a very large version of that, mm-hmm. and he had just used it to flip the truck. Yeah, I know. See, that makes it even worse. Like, you just flipped a freaking truck, and instead, you can't do something similar with the Joker. You're going to drive into a freaking wall? What I, the I just, hell, man? I assumed it was too emotional, and that he uh, 
He, no. just, he just lost track. Batman is supposed to be, be disciplined, too disciplined, unless this guy just killed I know, a Robin. But haven't we discovered it, or haven't we discussed over and over again, this is not that bat. I know, I know, and I'm holding it against it. Every I know. instance. I know. This is, they did the classic mistake. They they put Bruce Wayne in a bat costume instead of putting Batman in a Bruce Wayne skin. Mm-hmm. That's the mistake you make every time. And this one, this franchise was no different. They still decided that Bruce Wayne was the real guy. That's where you, you've already fucked up at that point. <sighs> By the way, the whole Coleman Reese thing. Pretty great. The conversation he has with Lucius, freaking great. Yeah, that was fun. I that felt was, like it was just Nolan. I feel like Nolan sat down one day and was thinking, "Why has no one in Wayne Industries realized that Bruce is using all these funds?" And I don't just know. wrote that in. I don't know if he sat down one day and thought about that so much as sat down and looked at the comment sections on some of the Batman Begins reviews. <laughs> Maybe because there were a lot of a lot of questions about that. So when but, the hell did with without Lucius helping? When the hell did Bruce build that sonar machine? I don't fucking know. I I don't know. I your your best hope is that he sent off all of the pieces to be sp- like built separately, so no one realized what they were doing, and then b- put it together himself later. Uh, but short of that, I don't fucking know. I, how does he reprogram an autopilot later? I don't know. So he has magical, impressive technical skills whenever the film desires it. Yeah. That he, he doesn't um, completely earn. That's the whole point of having Lucius in the role that he was in, was that Batman can focus on, you know, knocking the shit out of people. All right, so Joker's got bombs on these two <laughs> boats. Yep. When the hell did they put, when did he put all that dynamite on that on those boats? When the hell did he get all that dynamite in the hospitals? Wh- there's a lot of, there's a lot of leeway for that. We're going to have to go into headcanon that you're not comfortable with. Same time, I ask you this. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have the head cannon where you have to assume that Joker had time to go at least get his minions to plant a couple of boats? Because see, the bombs on the boats—that's not too bad. That's 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 two bombs and two triggers, and then one master trigger. That's it yeah. for him. That's and a pretty are, simple scheme. Mm, um, people are wasting time writing names on pieces of paper and took time to count votes. <laughs> Actually, that was one of the problems <laughs> I had. Even watching that film the first time, that that uh, on the. I, I think it's on the, we'll call it the good people vote. vote. Um, you have that mm-hmm. that guy that just, man, he looks like a mariner if I've ever seen one. Tall guy. Um, he yeah. he's finally calls out the votes and it's like 454 and 100 something against. I forget what the numbers are. But there's like no, five was, or 600 like almost people. almost 400, yeah. There's <laughs> like 400, 500 people on this boat. And my first thought was, no, I saw the wide shot. That boat's capsizing. Who the hell do you think you are? And... <laughs> did you really have time to to like go around and count 450 freaking votes right like how did you develop a voting system that quickly that would be functional for this did it would it would have taken you longer than the the minutes you had what was it 30 minutes they had or 20 minutes 15 minutes it would have taken you mm-hmm. longer than that to simply find a notebook and tear up 450 sheets of paper for everyone to use to vote <laughs> I, they would have been a lot better off just i mean if, if we're talking you got you got to make a vote like that you do the can i have the eyes can i have the nays you do a vocal vote yeah was, watching it the first time i was all i was all you know uh wrapped up in it yeah and i was i was so wrapped up in the the social experiment of it which was my favorite part of this whole movie was the joker being a a a madman um like he would it, he would be like the world's greatest and worst social psychologist ever um and i was so wrapped up in the the that dilemma that i wasn't really paying attention but the 400 the that many people actually did pull me out oh wait a second hold on now. um and had to go back to being wrapped up because yeah it pulled me out completely <laughs> god i love the social experiments party like they did the, the one of the great um 
God, top 10 list of Joker schemes ever in the books is going to be No Man's Land, Babies, Sarah Essen. It's got to be. <laughs> and that's what it is. Is It's it's a giant social experiment. And mm-hmm. for him, he usually sets things up where he kind of wins either way, which is you know, about the only way to survive if you're somebody like him. But they they did a pretty good job of keeping that spirit alive in the film. I fucking loved that part. Mm-hmm. All right, so the the scene where uh, Batman goes in, like uh, Gordon's got a bunch of SWAT guys coming in. Joker's got people and you know, like hostage taken hostage. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wrote down Sonar Awesome. My Batman would have no moral qualm using this. <laughs> he would if it was basically a hyperactive version of the Patriot Act to do it. <laughs> I don't think I wrote. Would. Also wrote. Oh, in this scene, Bats uses a grapple gun. I wish the dogs were hyenas. I do wish the dogs were hyenas. <laughs> Whoever made this film really is not a dog person. Right. And then last thought, Batman gets tangled in net? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got razor sharp gauntlets. Yeah. And he's getting tangled in nets. In and the he's previous just film, your gauntlets split Razor's sword in two. <laughs> Uh, and now he's in a net, and he's just flailing, just flailing. Uh, it, he he really did. You ever you ever like taken a blanket and like tossed it over your dog, and just just watch the watch the dog try to figure out how to get from under the blanket? Yeah, it's worse than this. And it wasn't even a net that the Joker <laughs> threw over him. He like stumbled into it, right? And then he can't get out. Like, oh no, what's happening? What's happening? And I can only imagine that in his head he was like, "It's bats, bats! No, please, no." You know what? You know how I explained it. <laughs> this is my genuine explanation for that. Did you see how many times the, the Joker just hit him in the head with a pipe? Right. He's a little woozy, man. He probably does right. think the net's a bunch of bats. Right. I mean, I guess his little sonar was kind of going in and out, but then again, well, that was the other big problem. Is he, he, he really he didn't have any. He didn't know which version of his his eyeballs to trust at that point. I mean, yeah, he's dazed right. and confused, and I get it. So um, jumping it back, it just looked silly as all hell. Yeah, jumping back, I want to point out that um, Ledger did do a good job. He did a really good job as the Joker. Uh, the Joker. He's not my Joker. My Joker's a little funnier and a little more. Sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and for as much as you know, Ledger. I think you were saying this the other day too. Like for as much as like Ledger's Joker said he wasn't a planner or a schemer, he sure did have a lot of plans. Yeah, so this um, plan seemed to work out perfectly. Let me see. And I actually bothered on a lot. I tried of to variables. list this. I really did try to list this. It was uh, planning, uh, planning fingerprints, grenade escapes, prison escapes, false IDs, simultaneous poisonings, car bombs, and party assassinations, hospital bombings, maritime death traps, Batman exposures, blackmail schemes, and more. Lots of planning mm-hmm. for a despiser of schemers. Right. Like, That's not is, even the whole list. That's before I got tired of writing things down. And it's impossible. There's no way he could have... Apparently, he wanted to get caught. When he got caught, he wanted to get caught. He knew he was going to get caught. He planned that he was going to get caught. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had the dude with the cell phone in the in the jail cell. Then he had to have known that Batman was going to show up in the interro- interrogation at a certain point. Mm-hmm. He had to know that he was going to like fool them and get rid of Goth uh, uh, of, uh, of Gordon and Batman to go get Harvey and Rachel so that he could slowly and meticulously goad this dude into brutalizing him so that he could pull a <laughs> knife on the dude and demand his phone call. I didn't even pull so a knife. He, he pulls could... a shard of the glass that was right. broken. 
broken when Batman throws his head into it. Right, right. Parts so he had to know that Batman I, was going to do that. He had to know that you know when he was going to be actually like get this dude under his little shard of glass so that he could make the appropriate phone call at just the right time. Right when he had to know when 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 Batman and Gordon were going to show up at those places because he told Batman you can only save one essentially. So well, he didn't have to know had, when they were going to oh show up. God. He he basically starts the, the the ticker about then. I it, here's the way I've, I I kind of read it when I when I watched it the first time. And here's the only way I can think of to take out some of that schemerism. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to. I, I think of him as someone who had backup plans just in case, but ones that wouldn't ruin his original mm. plan either way. So like putting the uh, putting the the bomb in the guy's stomach. You can put the guy in the put the bomb in the guy's stomach. You can get him arrested, and you can get him arrested in the precinct that you are most likely to end up at. That part's actually not too hard. But mm-hmm. the getting the phone call, I admit, is a problem because he does have to pretty much plan on on the fact that he's going to be able to get that phone call one way or the other. But at the same time, right. all he has to really do is plan for the fact that someone is going to be in the room with him, and that he can make a hostage mm-hmm. situation out of it when he has to. So say he doesn't get caught. Say he just captures Batman on that long car chase. Um, doesn't get caught, doesn't get killed, none of that. He's actually just free. Um, well, he still just blows up a precinct for no good reason, and he'd think that was a fine, yeah. a, whatever, you know, just a, a fine aside. But if he ends up there like he needs to, then the plan works. If he doesn't, then whatever, blow up a precinct Tuesday. Um, if he gets in there, all he has to do is plan on there being that one guy in the room with him that he can manipulate, and he's all he's really doing is betting on two things. One, he can manipulate the guy's emotions which is probably pretty accurate if you're the Joker, and two, that he's going to be able to, you know, overpower him, which apparently isn't that 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 crazy. Um, hell, something they, they mentioned, um, they, they didn't have a, a real story for the Joker. They didn't have a backup for him, or a backstory for him. Right. And they did, you know, they did some mods to the whole, nods to the multiple choice thing, but when, apparently when they were writing the Joker, when they were kind of conceptualizing this version of it, one of the ideas they had hanging around there that they were really uh, fond of was that he was actually a a former, um, he was a veteran, that he had Mm -hmm. been overseas and actually seen some action and came back with PTSD and this anarchic look at life, Um, (coughs) Mm -hmm. which I guess is how we get to the, how we get to the idea that he's actually a decent hand-to-hand combatant for, uh, for even Batman. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I give him this dude can take a punch. I it I end up every time I've watched this movie, I've sat there and like first time to the last time, I've sat there and marveled over man. I'll tell you what they got right. The Joker can get hit and he can get it well. Yeah. Every story I've ever loved, he he knows how to take a hit. Oh man. I was willing to consider a lot of it. I guess as I don't know. Uh, maybe he put a lot of things in motion, and if it worked, it worked. Yeah, I you know I there's so much here that I, I, we haven't talked about. Jeez, um, just you know like when like Harvey is interrogating the dude uh, that has the Rachel Dahl's name tag on it. Mm-hmm. When exactly did Batman figure out where that guy was? Like where how does he know were? where Harvey is? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. I I, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, know. I here I'll give you an explanation. Um, ambulances. Any ambulance is probably going to have a GPS on board. He stole an ambulance. Probably wouldn't be hard, okay. too hard to track it. All right. <laughs> Low Jack. That's the answer I give you. Low Jack. Oh, when uh Joker, when Joker has those two goons like shoot those those wires across the 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 wires across the buildings uh to stop that helicopter, how did he know which route the helicopter was going to take because those they don't take the same route every time. Like he had no way of knowing which way they were going. What do you mean? The helicopters? Yeah. Yeah, he did. They were following him. 
All he has to do is lead him through that alley at some point. Uh... And he does. They make a, he makes them reroute their original. Um, well, they have a route planned from that precinct to the, the what is it? A jail they're going to? Another? I think it's just a between pre- precincts run or something. And they have a route planned, and he immediately mm-hmm. makes them take the uh, the lower road. He he immediately reroutes them. Mm-hmm. And if you're the one, <laughs> if you're the one in the other car with the bazooka, you can do a pretty good job of making sure somebody turns a certain way. Uh, I don't. I don't buy it. I know you're not going to buy any of these things. I'm just going to try anyway. <laughs> Um, here's here's a fun one. When Two Face is, um, I mean, he's deciding everyone's, you know, everyone's fate essentially, you know, with like by, by flipping his coin. Mm-hmm. It's between Batman himself and Gordon's son. Mm-hmm. Why does he? Why does he flip for himself next? Like he he flips for Batman. Batman loses. He shoots Batman. Then he goes for himself next. He puts the gun to his own head second. Mm-hmm. I I got nothing. How does they don't, that work? They don't like. If he give can't you... flip the coin for the third time. If he loses, he's dead. I guess that. Just... I don't remember when he, in that conversation, sets up the idea that he's going to have to possibly put himself on the on the line. Now, oh, it was they do it all the time. It, it happens in the books all the time that he flips a coin for his own life. That that well, actually sure, that's, that's a real thing. But you that's didn't fine. you that, didn't bait me at all for that. Well, the thing was, no he said. Up. All three of us were guilty. He was already going to punish he, right, Gordon's but, son for what Gordon did. But so, it, it made it sound like he was going to kill Gordon's son, period. That's happening. Yeah, well, no. Or at no, least he's he going to get flipped for him. Because, yeah, he was going to get flipped. He was going to flip for Gordon's son, right? Mm-hmm. So he flipped for Batman. Batman loses. He shoots Batman. Mm-hmm. Then he goes for himself, flips for himself. He wins, so he doesn't die. Then he flips for Gordon's son. And before he could shoot Gordon's son, Batman throws him or basically kills Two Face. Right. Um, so, but if that had turned out poorly, he would have shot himself, and his son would have never had the chance to have that flip. Right. Um, so that's the confusing part: is even if he had, even if he had decided that he was going to flip for for Jimmy here, um, mm-hmm. that's fine. But he still would have had to get to Gordon anyway. Uh, he, he doesn't. He doesn't give you a real good excuse for why he's flipping for himself. That's just. It's not in there. Don't. don't well, waste your time I don't looking. have a problem with him flipping for himself because he was guilty. He said they all three were guilty. But right. But he doesn't. He doesn't tell you he, why he's going to have to do it in that order at all. It, yeah. That made. It would sense. seem like he'd flip for Jimmy, and then except he's like really bad at threes. He's only good at twos. <laughs> he's really bad at threes. He just forgot that he would not be able to flip that coin if he was dead. I <laughs> See, don't. all right. If you do that right, it's one of the best versions I've. seen. Like Arkham Asylum, that's what they do. Is is Dent so obsessed with dichotomy that he can't he right. can't trust the? He, they make it an OCD thing, which is fucking great. Um, mm-hmm. I could have used something else, something else for for Harvey and why he became the way he became. Because well, you would have wanted more backstory. That's all you wanted. Is you're, is more you're telling me up. that the two best men in Gotham, one of them quit being Batman, and the other one became a supervillain because Rachel Dawes died. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that at all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't buy that at all. I, I don't either. That well, but as we've said a million times, we're we're proponents of the double down theory. When bad things yeah. happen to good people, if it's the right kind of person, and if it's the hero you really now, deserve right now, that person will go off his fucking nut, killing everyone that was yeah. involved. Now it's fine if you do it for one character, but they portrayed Harvey Dent to be such a white knight 
in this movie. The best and of us. they yeah, and they did such a poor job of showing like the few times that he was he went unchained. Like just at the thought that she might be in danger, he goes nuts and starts interrogating a dude mm-hmm. who Batman has to come in and be like Dark the him way, off the he's, ledge. He's schizophrenic and he has all sorts of problems and you're not gonna really get anything out of him, so maybe put down the gun and the weird coin that I should probably be paying more attention to. <laughs> you wanna seem to have <laughs> uh, it and he really it it they set that whole thing up and it ends up being one of the more disappointing uh, disappointing thoughts when you've when you focus too long on the movie is and there's a whole mm-hmm. a whole bit on the end at the end of the movie where he says sometimes people you know sometimes people don't deserve the truth sometimes people deserve more uh, that whole speech it's during the during the time when he's just kind of um, waxing on about his new bra but during that time he's well, let me start that thought over <laughs> he's trying to um, <laughs> he's trying to they're setting him up to be the white knight, but it becomes obvious as they're trying to do that, that he's not really that good of a person. And then mm-hmm. that effort, it, it starts as what a good guy. And then it starts as it, it becomes, no, he's still a good guy, but that was a really bad call. And after a while, it's just, we're going to pretend the whole thing didn't happen because this went all sideways on us. And, it, but it is, it's just false hope. That's it. That's all like the, the point of the movie at the end of it was that they've created this elaborate illusion of, of what is false hope. And how is that the fucking point of a Batman mill? You know I, what? That is a great that is a great term. That's a great phrase for every Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Every trailer you saw. An elaborate illusion. <laughs> you think it is an it is it you think it is a brilliantly plotted, wonderfully masterfully crafted movie. Most people think that until you realize that logistically there's no reason for or no reason or way that most of this shit should be even happening. I can look, I, man. I, I don't have to have the logistics on a lot of it. I can do the whole head cannon thing and be happy. I, I didn't. The logistics largely don't bother me. I thought it was actually compared to a, a fair amount of action movies. It was actually even tight compared to a fair amount of them. See, I don't even think it was tight. It just they threw so much shit at you that you couldn't tell. You couldn't see the scenes. Well, that's one of the, the problems people had was they couldn't. They you kept thinking. You know, I I remember thinking this in the theater was man, how is that previous scene not the climax? Like, what? Why is this movie right. still happening? They're setting up another whole thing. Oh my god. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just like, hey, look over here. It's Harvey Dent. Hey, look, it's Lau. Hey, look, it's Maroney. Hey, look, it's this stupid guy who figured out that Bruce is Batman that I can't remember the name right. of it now for some reason. Look over here is Rachel. Look over here is she's got a note. Look over here, Alfred's crying about something. Oh, wait, no, he's not <laughs> the next movie. Look over here is... <laughs> look, wait, my list Joker. got out of control. Look, Never mind. Look, it's... Look, it's Gordon and his shitty kid. Look, it's his wife who, for some reason, doesn't question the fact that they won't let her see the body. Look, it's... Yeah, she went She went back to her day um, <laughs> pretty quickly. And then I did like when she when he comes back, she kind of... He starts to try to explain himself, and she just kind of waves the, waves the explanation aside. Like, you dick. I Okay, I get it. Yeah, she slaps him and then hugs him. Yeah, Right. That yeah, that, that's actually about how that would go, I think. I... I can only suspect, but I think. Um, yeah. Because that's what would happen if someone I cared about showed up suddenly and, and had faked their death. Well, she should have kissed him and then said, this is this is not your, this is a mask. This is not your face. Right. That would have made it all better. Give him a hammer. We'll complete the scene. It, <laughs> look, the movie itself, man, I enjoyed. I really did. Um, I still, it, watching it this time when I was letting myself go all, get into, you know, nitpicky mode, I, I still enjoyed the film. Right. Um, I don't mind the logistics. The only two things I end up really minding about it, um, well, the big one is where it leads. But in this vacuum, the two things I ended up really, really minding 
are one it is it's an a, it's a giant scheme built around false hope and that's not anything any kind of theme i would have ever attached to a batman film never would have mm-hmm. come up to me if you'd said we're going to do this this and this and i realized oh you're 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 trying to make uh, okay i i would have shut that thing down in the, the early stages as no that's not a theme you're going to explore in a fucking batman film but right. that that one's only only the, the half of it it th- one of my other problems was as much as i love the uh, and people constantly call him out on it. You have one rule, and he has no rule. And mm-hmm. that's one of the greatest aspects of, of their back and forth is him just trying constantly to make him break that rule. Um, mm-hmm. But he totally breaks that rule at the end of the film. He kills Harvey. Well, that's what Batman is saying. Uh, the Joker won. I, well, no, he, no, no. Maybe he's maybe sa- we he can't let them. That. We can't let the Joker win. No, he's so saying the Joker Harvey... won, but he's saying the Joker won about Harvey's downfall. Right. He at no point do they address yeah. the fact that Batman yeah. hits him so hard that he falls out of a window, and he's so sure that he's dead that he doesn't even check. Well, Batman lands on top of him essentially, right? Doesn't he? Like this is a this is a deliberate act. He doesn't check. <laughs> he doesn't try to save. Well, he does try to save him, I guess. But there's. He, he hits him so hard he might fall out of the window. They all fall, or whatever it is, a ledge, whatever the hell it is. But he does. In the end, he does kill somebody. Yeah, he does. And, yeah, the Joker wins, but it has nothing he to do with Harvey. Batman. <laughs> yeah, he killed your childhood. By the way, like I like Christian Bale as an actor generally, but, man, the voice got worse in this movie. Yeah. I don't know what it was with that mask, but he couldn't close his mouth. And you He's know just, they actually adjusted that voice in post, too, right? That is awful. Yeah, not only I don't did, even know how they did. See, they worse. completely mistook our whole double down concept. Like, why can he not close his mouth? It looks like he's wearing swimming goggles. I don't know. It is always fun. It looks like it just pulls the top half of his. It just looks like it pulls his nose up so hard that it's pulling up the top flap of lip the entire time. And every time he's talking, like he keeps closing his eyes and just having his mouth open. He looks like he's. It really does. It looks like he's got some sort of mental deficiency or something. I don't it, know what's going to happen. It does. And when <laughs> he talks now, in this in this new mask, and I didn't notice it in the Batman Begins, mm-hmm. but here when he talks, it sounds like he's like a wheelchair bound kid who needs oxygen. Like he's Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. He's like these people right. just showed you. Which would be fine if, if he was if he was huffing for breath after he you know takes down twelve guys. Okay, fine. Right. But you're not. It's it's you're not. You don't even have a. You've not even broken a sweat under that suit, and you're you're just. Uh, he was gasping. Weird. Gasping is what he was doing. I'm like, I know that suit's probably heavy, man, but just put half of it on when you're just shooting close-ups, Nolan. Just like tell him to put just like the cowl on and like the shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let Bale breathe so he can actually complete a sentence. Right. Uh, I, I, it was weird. And I still, I don't know that I've ever actually seen any kind of interview with any of these people that any of them have shown any remorse about the voice, which is remarkable. It's amazing. Well, because I, they're still under the influ- they're still under the impression that they did a good thing. Yeah, as evidenced by Bale, you know, sitting and staring in space for thirty minutes when he realizes that Batman's been cast again. At okay. Yeah, I wonder if he'll ever sit down and just watch the ba- Batman v Superman and go, "Why is it Ben breathing weird?" <laughs> you know the 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 big contribution that Bale will end up making to this new series of films will be his advice in a in a costume store to uh, Affleck to make sure that he can piss with that suit on. Right. <laughs> Damn good advice. Oh well, why isn't why isn't 
Like, I played it with Gravitas. That's not Gravitas. That's called COPD, Christian. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just very engaged. No, you possibly have emphysema. I'm not sure. That's that's called chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. Right. And I'm pretty sure this Batman got it when he sniffed that blue flower. (laughs) Right. That was amazing. Alrighty, I, I think we've picked it apart enough. Now I'll I'll sandwich it by saying the same thing I did to begin with. I liked this movie. <laughs> Sadly, this is I, the, this is what it sounds like when I like a movie. I'm, this uh, is the best possible. This is the best. Ver, this is the best Nolan Batman movie for me. It um, still I may be problems. the best that live action that's actually happened so far. It might be. It might be the. It really the best. as much as as much pound as it has problems, it probably is the. And, and don't get me wrong. I think it's still fourth largest uh, grossing movie of all time. People love this fucking film. And yeah, it is. I did pound too. for pound the best doesn't. live action Batman. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, you know, it did a pretty good job to uh, in its time of of carrying the weight for uh, superhero films in general. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, the MCU was just budding, really, right then. And yeah. you look over and somebody's set a, a, just multiple records in, in a weekend, and it's pretty encouraging. Right. It did its it did its part. Yeah, it, it pulled its weight. And there were a lot of weird, ugly pieces to that to that uh, that rig, but it did pull yeah. its weight. But it, it did its um, job. I mean, um, Ledger alone did as much as much for anybody at uh, in the as far as comic book films go, he his performance in this one did as much to help the cause as anybody else. I think. Yeah, it showed you could get somebody that was um, a little different and make a truly engaging villain. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, and you know, I didn't think I'd actually come across anything that was better. But at this point, it might be that DC is doing better with villain. Just Heath Ledger alone is a better villain than I think I've seen in any of the MCU. Aside from maybe Loki, yeah, yeah, actually, aside from Loki, you're right. But. Um, they they yeah. did a better job with their villain. No, don't get me wrong. You're working with Batman's rogues gallery here, so yeah. You, I mean, you might as well just y- you get this wrong. It's on you. Yeah. But hello, Schumacher. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Looking at you, kid. Um, don't give me those sad puppy dog eyes with a picture of the bat nipples. I know who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, we like him though. He showed remorse. He did show remorse. Nolan, on the other hand, was taken aback that anyone would have the balls to do a Batman after him. I know, I know. And I'll, I'll give him this. Um, you know, David S. Goyer is another name that we've dragged through a, a pretty fair ton of mud. And um, and rightfully so. And mostly rightfully so. But he did help develop Constantine, and we did enjoy that. Yeah, his... Hey. I have not heard David... No, no, hold on. <laughs> I have heard... I David S. Goyer's name is on that shit because they needed a, a big name on that shit. That's uh-huh. all he's there for. At no point during this entire debacle of whether or not Constantine was going to continue, whether it was going to be canceled, what was going to happen to it, whether Constantine was going to come back, I have heard nothing from David S. Goyer. David S. Goyer has said nothing about any of it. I have... Uh, the only person who talks about it is the dude whose name... Cerrone or whatever his name is, the showrunner whose name I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Daniel Cerrone, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He has been the constant in all of this. David S. Goyer, I, I have, I, I don't think he really had anything to do with anything. Uh, I have no idea. Maybe that first I episode. I have legitimately Maybe he wrote that first zero episode, idea. That actually was kind of bad. <laughs> but we'll get into a Constantine review proper uh, at some point soon. Very, very. Sure. Well, no. Um, scratch that. By the time, by the time Dark Knight hits, we've already done that last week. 
Oh, have we? Uh, yeah. Remember, it's the other order. You have it wrong. I don't remember how what order we we're, we're doing it in, but that'll be a thing. <laughs> you can go back and at this point, if you're listening to this, go back and you want to hear that look, and it'll probably be there. Yeah, that's, oh, that's about right. Oh God, we are DC on screen, and we appreciate you listening to this very long review of The Dark Knight. Um, we hope you we, agreed and/or disagreed. You can find everything that you we've felt done. Thing. You can find everything we've done on DCOnScreen.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. And uh, Matt and Jeff, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, they're a part of the network too. You should go listen to them as well if you you dig the Marvel stuff. We're going to take off. Until uh, the next episode, just keep some of that DC on your screen because we definitely will.